Emily? Emily organizes my life, so she is a very important person. Um, so, thank you. Well, good morning. Welcome to the JAR. Uh, we're so glad that you're here this morning on this Thanksgiving Sunday. And uh, I'd like to begin this morning by having all of you look at a picture that is on the screen. Uh, and what I'd like you to do is look uh, to the person beside you, uh, if you like them, and even if you don't, uh, still look to them. And uh, what I'd like you to do is describe the best way you know how this picture. And if you're sitting by yourself, move down, connect a little bit, okay? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Describe this picture, okay? Now, some of you, as uh, you know, the offering bag is going by. You're, you're like, man, I can't do two things at once. But uh, you know, we're we're trying to help here. Okay, shout them out here for a second. What's your description on this? Half full. Half full. What else? Tilted. Tilted. What is this? Pinball? Huh? Half empty. What else? Transparent. What else? What is way back there? Quenches my thirst. I didn't know what you were talking about. I Water or beer or what you were talking about back there. I wasn't sure. Anything else? Above 32 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> Above 32 degrees Fahrenheit. You're too smart for this crowd, I'll tell you. No, we're glad you're here. Hey, uh, well, I have a feeling that uh, if we were to be real honest, half of us in this place would say that it was half full. And the other 50% of us, depending upon the day, would say that it is half empty. And you know, there are a lot of choices like that in life, aren't there? And the reality is, whichever one you choose takes you to a very different place. If you see life as half full, it takes you one place. If you see it as half empty, it takes you somewhere else. And I think each person uh, here and in the world has two different views, typically, when they wake up in the morning. And one view is they put on a lens of thankfulness and they see the beauty around them of God's creation. They can look and see how awesome He is and the beauty around them. And that's one lens that they look at. And I think other people sometimes, they wake up in the morning and they put on a lens of thanklessness. And it looks blurry. And it looks a little bit off. And there's a little bit of discouragement connected to that. But the choice of whether or not you have a thankful heart or a thankless heart is up to you. And the reality is that the choice is not based upon life circumstances as much as it is based upon your attitude. Now, some people walk through life with an attitude like this. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Okay? And some people, that's the way they do it. 
They have that attitude. It's a very thankless attitude. Other people take that same hand in their other hand and they look up to God and they are so thankful every morning for each and everything that God has blessed them with. But the reality is, you choose your attitude. Now, if you look at only the circumstances of your life, your marriage, maybe your kids, your unemployment, your relationship, you'll get discouraged eventually. But if you look to the relationship with the one who knows you best and loves you most, all of a sudden, thankfulness and gratefulness and joy just kind of permeate out of your life. And this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at a story of thankfulness. It's a story that's found in Luke, which is in the New Testament. And it's a story that is just so powerful and it can change your attitude. Now, I've been playing basketball for the church team over the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, I went for a pass And a guy hit me right in my ribs. I bruised two of my ribs. I have been hurting forever uh, because of that. And because our team is so bad, we typically play zone. In other words, we can't guard the person in front of us because they're too young and too fast. So we just play a zone. And today, what I want to give to you is what I call a 2-1-2 zone. I'm going to give you two things at the beginning that are experiences that people rarely experience with Jesus. And then I'm going to give you one key to living a life that is joy-filled and thank-filled. And then we're going to close out this morning by just giving you a couple of questions for you to ponder. And I'm just telling you, if you play this 2-1-2 really well, you will live in an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness. So let's just jump into it. Let's look at the first verse. It's in chapter 17. It's in your program. And let's read it. I'll read it for us. In verse 12 it says, As he, Jesus, entered a village, ten lepers stood at a distance. Now, what I'd like to suggest is that these ten leprous men are a representation, not just for those ten guys during that time, but it represents all of humanity and all people for all time. Now, in these guys' particular situation, what their need is, is a cure for leprosy. But the reality is, there is a need for every single one of us in this place today. And it's the same need for all of us. And it's the fact that we need God. You need God, the person beside you need God. We all need a relationship with Him. Without God, you would not have health. Without God, you would not have strength. Without God, you would not have life. Without God, you would not have breath. Nothing without God. And how you respond to the general blessings of God, which often we wake up in the morning and we don't even consider them, The sun, the moon, shelter, food, all of those kind of things that we just kind of take for granted. But how we respond to the general blessings that God has on us has a direct impact on whether or not we receive the special, specific, eternal blessings 
that God wants to give to us. And in this passage, what you'll see is that Jesus is going to heal all ten people. They represent all of humanity, every single one of us. But only one of them is going to come back thankful. The reality is, folks, only a few people choose to have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. And in particular, there are two things that are pretty rare. Here's the first one. Only a few people thank Jesus personally. Only a few people thank Jesus personally. Verse 12 and 13 says this, So as Jesus entered a village, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, it was like this with Jesus all the time. People would follow him around kind of like a little dog. You know one of those little snappy dogs that's like around your ankles? Some of you may have a dog like that. You may love them. No one else does, Okay. But they're around there, they're and you're just like trying to get away. Get, get away from it, you know? And he was just a magnet, and people would always be coming up to him saying, Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need that. And Jesus, because he is fully God, has so much compassion that every person who walked into his life, he showed compassion to them, and he did his best to try to meet their need. And look at the amazing thing that happens here. In verse 14 it says, Jesus looked at them, that is the ten lepers, and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, their leprosy what? Disappeared. Now I'm not going to go into a big explanation about leprosy except to tell you that it is a skin disorder that it represents a, a larger concept of skin disorders or skin diseases. But in this culture, if you had leprosy, you were ignored and isolated and avoided. You were like the plague. The only thing that I could compare it to was in the 80s and 90s when AIDS first hit our culture and people did not want to get near a person who had that disease. But the bottom line is, in this scripture... The lepers are outcasts in society. And in order to worship in a public place, you had to have the approval of the priest. Now that's power. I mean, like when you walked in today, I'd go, you're approved? You're approved? Not you. You know what I mean? And, you know, they kind of had that power. And so... Jesus is like, go show yourselves to the priest. And these guys are like, man, we've been living as outcasts our whole lives, so we're going to give it a try. And they start walking towards it thinking, well, we've tried everything else. And all of a sudden, they look down and they have perfect skin. I mean, proactive had nothing on them. You know what I mean? They're looking good. And they look to one another and they're like, dude, check me out. And the guy beside him is like, no. Dude, check me out. Look at this. And all of a sudden, Jesus has given them their life back. They are an outcast society living only with other lepers. And now they are able to be with everyone again. And they're all healed, all ten of them. But now watch what happens in verse 15. 
One of them, how many? How many? How many? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, I'm healed. How many of them came back again? One. But how many were healed? Ten. Ten were healed. One came back to Jesus. The other nine just kept on going. They had already forgotten who Jesus was and what He did for their lives. One, only one, turned to be thankful. Remember, only a few of us thank Jesus personally. And look at the humility that this man comes to Jesus in. In verse 16 it says, The man fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This was a Samaritan. Now that word Samaritan to you doesn't mean anything. But in the culture back then, if you were a Samaritan, you were an outcast as well. See, a Samaritan was what we would uh, kind of derogatory say is a half-breed. He is half-Jewish and he's half-something else. And these individuals were ignored by the culture of the Jews. Now, just think about it. He is Samaritan, which he's separated from society, plus he has leprosy. I mean, this guy has a double strike. I just wonder, have you ever felt in your life like you have two strikes against you? Have you ever felt like you are that close to striking out? Well, this guy, this is where he's at. This guy is considered a huge outcast, a reject, a loser in society. And yet, he had a thankful heart. And this just goes to show us, folks, that any one of us, regardless of the circumstances in our lives, can make a choice to give thanks to God and acknowledge His goodness and grace. A thankless nine, a thankful one. Ten actions received, ten attitudes chosen, only one of them was thankful. So believe me when I say this. Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Now notice that this distinction is not lost by Jesus as well. Look at the questions that he asked in verse 17 and 18. Didn't I heal ten men? Now, Jesus doesn't have a problem, you know, with, uh, you know, numbers. He says, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? I mean, this Samaritan, out of any of them, had a reason not to go back. This was a Jewish teacher who his people discouraged any kind of relationship with Samaritans at all. And in fact... There's no reason for him to go back. But he overcame everything, all the excuses, and he simply comes and says, thank you. Then the story ends in verse 19. And so Jesus then says to this man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, what do you think is the key word in that verse, verse 19? I'll help you. It's the word well. Now, I'm not talking about physically well, because what happened to them? Were all ten of them made physically well? Yeah, they were all healed. 
I mean, it would be redundant to say his faith made him physically well. Even the ones who didn't show any faith or any thankfulness whatsoever, they were made physically well. What Jesus is saying, because of your gratefulness, because of your thankfulness, you were made spiritually well. Make a note of a second rare experience. Only a few people experience Jesus powerfully. Only a few thank Him personally, and only a few experience Jesus powerfully. The fact that He came back and He gave thanks to God allowed Him to experience the power of Christ. Ten were healed physically, only one was healed spiritually and eternally. Somehow, gratitude led to faith And faith led to eternal life. You see, folks, friends, I want you to know this morning, friends, faith grows in the soil of thankfulness. Your faith grows when you're a more thankful and grateful person. Only when you come to Jesus Christ and you say, there is a God, and I have received so much from His hand, and possibly, maybe I owe something to Him. That you are reconciled to God and you receive the love that He has for you. Only then does this concept of thankfulness hit home. You see, folks, faith is birthed and then it grows more and more and more when we have attitudes of gratefulness and thankfulness. I'd like you to hear the story of a couple in our church who went through a horrible tragedy about a month ago. And to see how on the other side, they came out with a more grateful and thankful heart. Let's take a look at the screen. Well, we're excited today to have uh, Jeff and Shannon Canatcha with us to kind of share a little bit. Uh, about a tragedy that kind of uh, hit their lives about a month ago. And uh, Shannon and Jeff, thanks so much for uh, sharing the story. Um, I know that uh, about a month ago something happened uh, to your family, Jeff, and wondered if you could just kind of share what that experience was and um, what happened. Well, we had a house fire. It was a normal day. I came home from work and Shannon had supper ready. We ate supper and the kids were, they'd been on us for a while to go get Halloween costumes. Oh, okay. So, you know, we all decided let's go get Halloween costumes. We were going to go to Halloween USA, but Shannon likes to save money. So we, See, decided, that's good. That's good. So we decided to go to Factory Card Outlet. So we drive over there. By the time we put our hand on the door to go in, the neighbor called and said, your house is on fire. We got the dog out. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, this can't, you know, this isn't real. can't be. Yeah. By the time we got home from factory card outlet, they had the fire out. They were just trying to figure out how it started. Yeah. So there was some definite emotions that oh, you yeah. experienced there. How about you, Shannon? What kind of, you know, as a mom, it's a different reality, I'm sure, too. And mm-hmm. um, what kind of emotions kind of hit you when all this kind of went down? I was numb, very numb. I thought, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. 
How many times do I have to go through this? You know, my heart sunk to my toes. You know, and really, all I wanted was my family and my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my and, kids. And for your, you said this isn't the first time that mm-hmm. it's happened, so. This is a fourth fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a whole floodgate of mm-hmm. all kinds of emotions kind of mm-hmm. hitting all at once. Um, well, Jeff, in the midst of all this, uh, you guys have had, you know, some time probably to reflect back on, uh, you know, what you're thankful for. And on Thursday, we'll celebrate Thanksgiving. So can you just tell me a little bit what what kind of things that you realize you're thankful for now that really matter? Well, I'm really thankful that the fire didn't happen at night. Mm-hmm. It was like God wanted us out of the house, man. You know, it sounds kind of trivial going out to Halloween costumes, but, you know, what if... The firemen said that if Lexi would have been in there playing as quick as it spread, they don't know whether, you know, we could have got her out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for people. There were so many people wanting to help or trying to help. And not, not everyone can help you, but there were just so many words of encouragement. And if you need anything, you know, just like the guy I work for, you know, he was there with you that night helping me board up the, board up the windows. Yeah. So just a lot of people oh, yeah. just stepping up. And, yep. Yeah. And how about you, uh, Shannon? I mean, what uh, what have you found in the midst of all this? And you've had to, I know you guys have moved to another house now, and now you got to put all that together while the other one's getting fixed. And mm-hmm. yet in the midst of all this, I'm sure there's some real sense of, of thankfulness. Um, I'm thankful for my friends and my family. Um, and material things are not important at all um, when you come to losing everything you just you don't realize how thankful you are for just small things mm-hmm. having a pair of socks having a pair of jeans to put on or a pair of sweats or just anything yeah yeah so it makes you so much more appreciative mm-hmm. for for everything mm-hmm. Well, well, hey guys, thanks so much for uh, sharing your story uh, with us. Um, and uh, I know that, uh, you know, there are different people from the church that have kind of, you know, reached out in different ways. And uh, I think, Jeff, when you talked about people, I mean, just so many people that kind of stepped up. Yes. You have a nice meal for the last couple of weeks. People have been bringing us food. Been great. Thank everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks a lot, and uh, thanks to Jeff and Shannon. Uh, if you get a chance uh, to see them, uh, make sure you uh, let them know you're thinking about them, praying for them. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for uh, this Thanksgiving. Well, folks, uh, Jeff and Shannon uh, lost most of their house. They went through a fire. But I have a feeling today that there are some of you that are going through some fires yourself. A personal fire. Maybe it's a financial fire. Maybe it's a marital fire. Maybe it's some type of relational fire. And things are burning up around you and you're just like, how can things get any worse? 
How can I be thankful when everything else around me feels so bleak and burned? And I'm telling you that a joy-filled, thankful life all comes down to this one phrase. And it's this. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. It really is. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. You know, growing up as a, a kid, I always had to realize that there was a distinguishment between gratitude and thanks. Growing up as a kid, my mom always thought it was really important that we say thanks to anyone who did anything for us. And if for some reason we didn't say thanks, she would have a little bony elbow that she would shine like this towards us. And if we didn't say thanks, when that thing got close, man, you were just like, thanks, thanks, thanks. I mean, it didn't even matter what it was. Regardless of what was said, if we saw the elbow coming, someone gives us candy, a total stranger says, would you like to get in my car? Thanks, you know what I mean? If the elbow was coming, we were saying thanks. I mean, I bet by the time I was five years old, I had said thanks a hundred thousand times, you know? But does it mean anything? And how often does a server at a restaurant come and serve you, and you go, thanks, thanks? It's almost like, how are you doing? You realize when people say, how are you doing? They don't want you to answer. They just want you to say, okay, good. They go on. You don't expect anything back. I mean, have you ever experienced someone in your life who's just like, thanks, 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 and you're like, they don't mean it. They're just being polite. They're just trying to say the right things. Now, I'm telling you, folks, this is not the kind of thing that you want to bring to the Creator, the God Almighty of the earth. You don't want to bring to God on some Sunday or any other time that you're connecting with Him some kind of, thanks, God. The word gratitude means this, to show a kindness received is actually valued. When you show a kindness that is received is actually valued, then you get a hold of this thing called thankfulness. I don't know if you knew this or not, but every single person in this place has so much to be thankful for compared to the rest of the world. Do you realize that just by sitting here today, you are in the 90% of the wealthiest people in the world. You are. You're in the 90th percentile of the wealthiest people in the world. In fact, how many of you came here in a car today? Raise your hand. Okay? You are in the 99th percent. Okay? You are beyond belief some of the wealthiest people. Many of the people in the world would like to have your problems let alone your blessings. But for so many of us, we've turned our backs on what we've received and we're only looking at what we still don't have. And that's where complaining comes and the thanklessness. And it's like this dark, dreary place that has already been burned up like you saw in the pictures. It's just this thankless attitude. And the first place that we need to grow in this gratitude is first of all to the one who is... The one that's given us everything anyways. And that's God Himself. So let's just take a moment 
And I'd like us to look at a scripture in Psalms, which Psalms is kind of like the uh, hymn book or uh, the song book of the Bible. And in Psalm 107, four different times we see this verse. Okay, let's read it together. It'll come up on the screen. Oh, that you would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to all people. Now, I want you to have your one experience of being a televangelist, okay? Now, this word here, oh, the psalmist is not like doing it the way that you just said it. Oh, that we would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to all people. Oh, okay? No, the psalmist did it like this. Oh, that you would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to all people. Some of you, your faces shriveled. You need a moment of oh, okay? So we're all going to do it. Your best televangelist, oh, don't yell the whole thing. All we want's oh, okay? So here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh! Good job. Now let's read the rest of it. Uh, that you would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to all people. You know, people who study the human body, who don't even have a relationship with God, who don't connect in any kind of God-centered, faith-oriented life, realize the power of a thankful uh, heart. Anyone here this morning a little bit stressed? A little bit? The rest of you are liars? That's what we call you? Regarding a... Study in Southern California, 7,000 people were surveyed. And what they found was that people who attended church regularly, who connected with God in a semi-regular basis, were markedly less stressed about finances, health, and other daily concerns than those who were non-spiritual. A Duke University study found out this, that people of faith recovered more quickly than people who didn't have faith who were going into surgery. The study was so clear that they finally found out that a person of faith spent 13 less days in the hospital after a surgery than anyone who didn't have faith. I mean, not only does Jesus save your life for eternity, folks, but He will save you money of your health care plan now. And we all could use that, right? Right? Yeah. And there are many more studies that show this, the importance of a joy-filled, productive, thankful life. But those who choose complaining as their lifestyle will live their lifetime in the wilderness where it is dark and dreary and everything is burnt around us, just like Mount St. Helens. So let me ask you this. What kind of attitude do you have? You know, some of you have been living life so far below the radar of thankfulness and thanklessness that you need to just come up. You've been so thankless. And you're at that level. And God says, no, I want you to be thankful and to use the blessing. And you've been down in this kind of down and cloudy and damp and depressing and ungrateful and unthankful and cheerless and joyless and negative and blah! And we've all spent some days there. But there's another kind of living, a kind of living that God wants you to soar above. 
where you can live a life where you refuse to be negative and thankless, up where the air is clear and the sun is bright and the future is as wonderful as the promises of God. And you can fly up there, folks, not just today on Thanksgiving Sunday, but all the time. And I'm telling you, it comes down to gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. So the question becomes, do you have anything to be grateful for? Do you have anything to be grateful for? Do you have anything in your life to be thankful for? Well, clearly the answer is yes. I mean, some of you have so much to be thankful for. I mean, did the sun come up this morning? Did you breathe this morning? Did you see that you were given another day for the glory of God? Then you have ample basis for thankfulness. And most of you are like, heck, Chris, I have so much more to be thankful for than that. Well, if you do, then even more so, you have no excuse not to live a life up there in thanksgiving. And it all begins, folks, with a thankful attitude, first and foremost, to your Creator. Let's read a couple of scriptures together again, out loud. Here's the first one. We'll read it together. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. Here's the second one. Let's read it. God, you are my God. I thank you. I praise you. You've done your share of miracle wonders. Well thought out plans solid and sure. Now, I could go on and on and on with different Scriptures that deal with this attitude that is so important. But God wrote a book called the Bible. And I'm telling you, throughout it, through all the pages, is gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for your life. Well, let's close up here by just getting real personal with a couple of questions for you to ponder as we leave from this place. Here's the first one. Am I a thankful person? Am I a thankful person? Now, I'm not asking you to evaluate whether or not I am a thankful person. Nice try. Some of you are looking right now. Well, you're not, Bunch. We know that. Let's go home. Okay? Or, yeah, he is. Let's go home. Going home is the main thing, you know? But are you? Are you a thankful person? Are you? The Bible says this. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Anyone want to guess kind of what the key word is here? It's the word in. The Scripture does not say uh, give thanks for all circumstances. It says give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, we are not thankful for the fact that Jeff and Shannon's house caught on fire. I was with a woman this week. She has terminal cancer. They're sending her home because they know she only has a couple weeks to live. We are not thankful for her cancer. I was talking to another person this week. Huge in debt getting sued by credit card companies. We are not thankful for 
the debt that has happened. Now, you don't thank God for painful experiences, but you can thank Him in any circumstance. Because God is with you. God is for you. God will see you through whatever the circumstance is. In fact, God assures us this when He says this, I'll never let you down, never walk away, and never leave you. For some of you, you should cut that out and put it somewhere because you'll need it later on. I'll never let you down. I'll never walk away. I'll never leave you. God promises that He will be with you when you're hurting, when you're mourning, in your most painful time. Here's the second question. Am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? Am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? What percentage of your life would you say is thankless and kind of wilderness, kind of burn-up fire living? And what percentage of your life is promised land, thankfulness, blessing kind of living? How often do you kind of go out of your way to be thankful for the people that are around you? Your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, your friends, maybe somebody here in the jar. Now, to kind of give you a fresh start on this, uh, each of you received one of these when you walked in. If you didn't, raise your hand because we're going to pass them out real quick. And I think almost everybody over here didn't get one. So uh, if someone can help Abby, that would help it go faster. Um, So let's do that. But for those of you who do have one of these, pull it out for a second. If you don't, we can pass them out real quick. And on the front, all it is, is it says, I am thankful for. Okay? I am thankful for. Now, we're all going to do this, okay? So don't be a party pooper on this one, okay? Look in front of you at the pen that is in front of you or on your desk, okay? Open up the front cover like this. I get paid a lot for doing this, okay? If you still need one, raise your hand. We got plenty, okay? And what I'd like you to do right now, here's a couple up here. What I'd like you to do right now is write down three things that you're thankful for. They don't have to, don't go, you know, we're not asking you to turn this in. This isn't homework. If you have to, I woke up this morning, okay? The person beside me doesn't have bad breath. I mean, I don't care what it is, but write down real quickly. I'm going to do it too, okay? Write it down. Big things, small things, it doesn't matter. I am thankful for. It could be anything. Big things, small things, whatever. This is what I wrote. I am thankful for my family. Jordan, Shiloh, and Jennifer. I am thankful for my church family. All of you. And you know, God likes a sense of humor. 
I am thankful for Bill Belichick, okay? I thought that would get a little laugh there, okay? Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. I have done this off and on over the last few years of my life. And I'll tell you what, folks. This right here is the price of admission today. You sit this beside your nightstand. And before you go to bed at night, you just write down three things that you're thankful for. You don't have to be big, it doesn't have to be big, huge things. Just three things that you're thankful for. And this is what I found. I wake up in the morning, I read those, and all of a sudden, thankfulness oozes out of my life. And I'm thankful, and I'm filled with God's thanks. And when I don't do that, complaining and thanklessness and kind of burntness around me is easy to kind of come up. Right here is worth it. And it can change your life. It really can. It will change your life. This booklet right here is worth the price of admission. I just want to tell you this morning, get an attitude. Not a talk to the hand, okay, kind of attitude. But I'm talking about an attitude that looks up to God and is grateful for the things that He provides for you. Today, three people are coming to thank God through the commitment of baptism. Baptism is... Not the end point, but it's the beginning point. It's a place of an outward expression of an inward kind of experience. And these people come today to say, God, we thank you. We give our lives to you this morning. And so I'd invite those three people to come up and we will uh, share their vows. Well, this is Tina and Billy Joe and Teresa, and uh, they come to get baptized today. And today's a great day in your guy's life, the best day of your life, uh, where you give your life to the one who knows you best and loves you most. And as you do that, you don't do it thinking that I got it all together, um, that I'm never going to mess up again. But it means that uh, you can rely now on the one who really can forgive you of all your sins. And each time... Uh, knows that He's there with you. And not just for now, but for eternity. And so I'd invite you to uh, just kind of stand there and we'll share our baptism vows that you'll commit to this morning. Do you believe that Jesus is God's Son? And do you receive and trust Him as your Lord and Savior? And if you do, please say, I do. I do. And do you repent of your sins and by God's grace commit to live according to to the example and teachings of Jesus Christ. I do. And will you promise to read your Bible regularly, pray daily, and share the loving message of Jesus with others? I do. And will you be faithful to the church that Jesus died for by serving, giving, praying, and committing to the vision of the jar? I do. And I just invite you guys now to uh, share kind of your public confession and you can repeat it after me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I am sorry for my sins and turn away from them and turn towards God. Thank you, Jesus, 
for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven and set free. I now invite your Holy Spirit into my life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, great. Well, you guys can go on down and uh, we will get ready for them. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> now, after they're baptized, it is not a free swim today, okay? Uh, so uh, we do want to encourage you to go, though. If you would, let's stand for closing prayer. And we want to encourage everyone to kind of go down and be a part of the baptism process. Let's pray. And on this Thanksgiving, you might just want to pray this kind of silently uh, to yourself. I'll just kind of lead us through this. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for all that You give to me. And I thank You especially this morning for Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You for both the seen and unseen things that are in my life. And God, help me to be a more thankful person. A person that soars high with thankfulness in my heart. And God, help me to commit this week to writing down each night three things that I'm thankful for. And God, help to change anything that I'm not thankful for that You would help me through that. Forgive me, God, for the times that I have complained or been thankless. And help me to live a life of thankfulness and gratefulness. It's in Your name that I pray. Amen. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. And uh, we'll see you down poolside.